The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, Maca19 here and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, live on Port Fan Radio. Uh, the number one amateur sports podcast in the country is rated on iTunes. Joining me tonight as co-host is uh, Portia. How are you? I am excellent. Um, I'm, I've almost forgotten about the football on the weekend, so I'm feeling pretty good, pretty psyched <laughs> about next week. That's the way. Good to hear. And we've got two special guests on this evening. The first one, calling in all the way from uh, America, the other side of the world, is Rick. Oh, yeah. Mate. How's it going? And it sounds like you're in some sort of porno club or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, chicky wow wow. I'm pretty good. What about you guys? Good, mate. Good. Yep, good. Yeah. It sort of softens the blow of Port not playing too well being over in the States. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. 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 So when it, when it gets grim, I, I just go out and, and do something fun. I guess that's Except for the poker table. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Now, Rick, we haven't spoken to you about this on the podcast on air uh, just yet, but uh, the number one amateur sports podcast in the country, mate. How does that make you feel? I'm very proud, guys. I think um, it's a good result for everyone that participates on Port Fan Radio, uh, I guess the network, which is all the shows and including ours, and also the people that support us in the players. Um, in the club, you know, so it's been four hard years of um, work and toil and lots of shows, and uh, I'm just really grateful to everyone who participates for helping you and I, who just started this little thing off, uh, to to keep pushing it forward, and um, I think it's great, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to doing it more and more, and hopefully uh, we can uh, get further up those rankings. That's it. Can't get much further than the number one, mate. Well, uh, we can. We, we could if, if suddenly we were to become professional and go on a professional's chart, but that would require that yes. we get paid. Uh, I think we got as high that. as a, we were just outside the top ten on the professional's chart. So, hmm. yeah. Well, uh, sorry, overall we were uh, just outside the top ten. So oh, that's not bad. Port Fan Radio look, is getting out there. Yeah, it's great. I mean, look, ideally, if we could have shows from four o'clock to eight o'clock that would be fantastic but as oh. as we brought up we only want quality shows and and yeah we we can't have people dropping in and out so um you know that hopefully will come in time as more people want to get involved and um you know my dream of 24 7 might be a real challenge hmm. but uh, i think we could do from four to eight definitely and i, I think that will help with our exposure so if anyone's keen uh, ping me a message and uh, have, happily to have a chat and get you started on your way. Absolutely. All you got to yeah. do is uh, let us know. And we'll uh, we'll certainly set it up. And uh, yeah, I guess all we ask yeah. for is uh, consistency, isn't it? That's it. And look, I've said that to a couple of people. I I don't mind if it's a, a once a once a month show, but you're just consistent with once a month, or if it's you're saying it's tw- every two weeks because. I think everyone just wants to know that the show that you're offering is going to be there. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's the most important part, and obviously be uh, be half uh, half professional, and that will be better than what we do sometimes. 
Oh, 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 I take that very personally. Good call, Rick. Good call. <laughs> All right, we better we better move on. All right, let's try and bring in our guest. Uh, we've got uh, Jackson Trengove, uh, our new number one ruckman. Um, yeah, Jackson uh, Trengove. So we'll just try and bring him in and uh, awesome. see how we go here. At least we've got easy hold music while we're doing this. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. Hello. Jackson, how you going, mate? Yeah, good. Yourself? Good, thanks. Good. So we've got Rick and we've also got Porsche here. Hello. Rick's back, is he? He's Well, yes. he's calling in from America. Oh, he said he wasn't going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I, cha- I changed my mind just for you, Jackson. About time you did. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be that good of a trip, could it? Oh, it, it's a hard life that we yeah. lead. I t- Looks hard, mate. I tell you I tell you what, Vegas nearly killed me. Oh my God, that was uh, one expensive town. You are sounding a bit rough, actually. Yeah, no, nah, it's good over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went Treated to myself bed at a few times over there. Yeah, it's um, I, I, just a little bit self-indulgent here. Have you, have, has anyone done the sports cars over there? You would have seen that I did them on Facebook. Yeah, I didn't mind that. You're going a bit slow though. You could have given it to her. Ah, uh, steady on. Could have taken you for two hundred. Could have taken you for hey? a, could have taken you for a drive with me mates for in Adelaide and done that speed. <laughs> I got I got up to two ten with the McLaren. That was um, there. That's a beast of a of a motor vehicle. Highly I'm, recommend. I got up I got up to two ten down Tapwood Hill Road in the Ferrari. Luckily, luckily Don't not many people that. listened. To- I was going to say, luckily, not many people listen to this radio show. Yeah, exactly. No, all good. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's get on to the hard-hitting stuff. Let's Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Look, uh, last time we spoke, Jackson, was uh, just after the Geelong game where we spoke about whether you'd like to spend more time in the ruck uh, because of how effective you are when you are actually playing that role. Then, bam, one week later, Loby goes down for three months uh, and you become our number one ruckman. Was there a bit of sabotage there and... Uh, how do you feel you've adjusted to becoming our full-time ruck? <laughs> definitely no sabotage, boys. It's a, it's a definitely a tough role. It's probably a little bit tougher than than what I probably thought um, going in. I mean, the, I knew that it was a, a tough role and the boys are a lot bigger in there. But just trying to um, get my body used to all the hits and knocks and obviously the time load just competing in the one-on-ones that you've got to as a ruckman. Um, you know, it's taken a little bit of adjusting. I mean, we're not winning a lot of hit-outs, but what we are doing is, you know, tackling around the ground making a real contest I thought the mids have been you know really good of getting our hands on the ball once the ball comes to ground and obviously uh, I'm trying to chase up tackles and, and get some clearances to to sort of even out that ruck hit out because these boys are a lot bigger than what I am are you are you enjoying it though Jackson because your influence in the game is a lot more than when you're a, a key defender so um, are you enjoying getting more involvement in the game yeah, I'm loving it, um, Rick. I think you know the body's getting better and better each week. Obviously, this week I'm a little bit sore than what um, what I'd like, but um, it's taken a little bit of adjustment. But yeah, I'm really enjoying the opportunity to be around the ball and obviously get your hands on it a lot more. I think you know I've got a lot to add when the the ball hits the ground. Um, you know, obviously not being a, as big as the other guys, but I'm able to to move um, quite well, which is which is probably my advantage. I think it's it's worked quite well for us as a team. And just a, a quick follow-up to that. Um, my observation when I watch you in the ruck is obviously they're a lot bigger. Do you, do you think maybe having an extra 5 or 10 kilos on if it was to be a, like a full-time thing would be in your favour? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it was if I was a full time ruckman, I'd, I'd have to, you know, get in the gym and and put on a few kilos. I think as a centre half back, you, you you've got to be pretty mobile to play on the centre half forward, and um, you couldn't you couldn't have that five or six kilos more on um, playing that centre half back role. I think I'm about ninety five or six kilos. But if I was to go into the ruck as a full time, I'd definitely put on a few kilos just to be able to throw your weight a bit around a bit more. But obviously, my jumps might. My go, but um, if I had a little bit more more size behind me, I'm, I'm able to crash crash in a little bit more. And obviously, around the ground, I'd be able to be um, a bit more competitive than than what I have been. Yeah, I think also learning the crafts a, a big um, a big thing. I think probably from the first game where I went to the ruck to, to on the weekend, I think my um, the the throw-ins around the ground were, were a lot better and a lot more com- competitive. I think in the first game, Stephen Martin was able to get his hands and, and do a bit more with the ball where. Yes, um, probably wasn't winning the hitouts, but he wasn't able to do much with the ball around the mm. ground, which was which was a positive. Absolutely, I know a lot of supporters are, are pretty intrigued by um, young Dougal Howard and uh, what he might be able to bring to the side in a couple of different positions. Um, just on him, do you prefer playing as the sole ruck, um, like uh, others like Loby and guys like Sam Jacobs and, and Steph Martin do, or would you rather um, have someone like Dougs in there um, helping shoulder the load as well? Yeah, I'd probably rather a chop out for, for me as a ruckman, just because I'm more of a uh, an athletic ruckman that's not really a, a grind. I think some of those players that you mentioned are real grinders and they do it fantastically well, being able to be that solo ruckman. I think for me, it's you know about my jump and obviously competitiveness and, and to probably ha- get a bit of a chop out would would, um, would probably help that. It's something that we've looked at from the weekend. I mean, Nat Nui and, and uh, Lice, it's really swapped around and, and I um, I had about 88 of the, 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 the contest. So um, it's something that we're definitely looking at. And yeah, Dougal Howard, he's got um, plenty to offer, whether it be you know a pinch hitting um, role in the ruck or up forward, I think he's going to be a, a real star in the future. Mm. Um, yeah, I just had a, a question, Jackson. Um, uh, against Carlton, I went to the game and I saw you um, take a really good possession on, say, the left attacking wing, uh, and then you did a really long kick inboard to centre half forward, uh, where Dixon was able to get on the end of it with a short lead, and that was able he was able to do that because the other forwards sort of pulled away their opponents away. And I was just sort of wondering, um, is that really a sort of a set play that we try to go for as a team that you did, or is it really just that you're a magnificent natural footballer with incredible attacking instincts? Uh, it's probably a, a number of a, a couple of things. I mean, we are trying to. Um, I think most teams try to to isolate their big forwards and get them to run onto the ball by, you know, um, taking players away. And it just does depend on on the defensive structure that the opposition have got. Some some teams like to sag off and and play a looser style, where some teams go really man on, and that allows you to to be able to um, dictate them a little bit and and sort of um, drag uh, the players away. So. At, at times it is structure, and we and we do want to get off that play a lot more than what we we have. But then at times it is a little bit instinct, and, and depending on the, the opposition. Fantastic. You should have taken the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should take take the compliment. Yeah, and, and then I'll stuff it up next week, mate. It'll be no good. So, ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. I, I just had another question as well. Um, obviously, um, as a defender slash ruckman, you. Maybe a little bit unappreciated at times, and I'm just thinking at the honour board at Albert and how they have the listing of the the captain and the leading goal kicker. Do you think maybe should they should add leading hitouts, leading clearances, leading defensive fifties to the board? Like, what would you pick if you were able to add another one to the honour board and maybe get your name up in lights? Ah, uh, to be honest, it'd probably just be the win column. I'd, I'd rather that tip uh, and yes. as, a, as a player. That's um, that's sincere. To be to be honest, it doesn't really. I don't really care. I'm, I'm not the sort of player that really cares about having your name out. I think um, you know your teammates appreciate what you do. Obviously, the coaching coaching staff and 
the people around the club that really know about the, 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 the what we do. I think they they know you don't play you know over 100 games with without sort of getting that some recognition. But um, for me, it's really about the win columns. And that's something that we you know we really need to get a win mm. to to get the boys' confidence. I mean, we've been. I thought on the weekend we took a massive inroad on on what we're trying to do and. Um, I thought it was, you know, just a, a real tough contested game of footy, which is what we want to play. And I think if we can just tidy up a couple of areas, I think it's going to be a, a bright sign for for the next few weeks, and then obviously the second half of the year. Fantastic Actually, answer. It's a, it was a um, a good segue because I thought our effort was up, Jackson, on the weekend, and I think as a supporter group, we we'd all be happy with the effort. I, I just thought our probably our skill execution at time uh, let us down. Is that is that how you guys felt after the game? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, there was just a couple of things that we probably uh, disappointed with because we spoke about doing it before the game, and then um, you know the, you, you sort of get that pressure and things change in the game, and we weren't able to do what we we sort of planned on doing. But we we did tick a lot of boxes on on the weekend. It, it was a physical game. I think you look at the start of the game where where Trav um, got smashed by Hearn and then gets up. Hamish has obviously got knocks, and um, yeah, there was just a, a good honest game of footy and. I think if we can bring that pressure in the way we attack the footy most weeks, we're going to be in the contest if um, if not winning it. And then obviously if we can tidy up those few are, um, areas where, you know, what we know we've got to tidy up, one would be skill and a couple would be decision-making. And probably we fumbled a little bit at times as well. If we can tidy up those few things, I think it's um, it's going to be back to our best footy, which is what we're hoping we can bring sooner rather than later. Yeah, I had another question. Um, just um, obviously, normally if we had uh, Lobby or Ryder or both available, you'd probably be playing centre half back again. Uh, and coming up this week uh, against, I suppose Hogan and Watts have been in, actually been making that combination work pretty well this week. You're not happy you with would... my ruck work. Sorry. You're not happy with my ruck work. No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think you're a fantastic um, centre yeah, square midfielder. Centre square <laughs> midfielder. Um, come getting rid of me then. <laughs> hey, hey, are you saying that centre half back is a downgrade? No, it's not a downgrade, but I thought, um, yeah, well, I thought you just got me straight out of the ruck there. That's okay. Oh, come on, you're still in the first 18. You're fine, Jackson. It's, it's no, not it's, a problem. You're still getting okay. a game. It's all right. I'd, I'd play on the bench if I had to. <laughs> um, do, you reckon you'd be a, do you reckon you'd be a, a probably a more natural matchup for Hogan or Watts? And uh, do you think we've got someone that can maybe come in or uh, handle one of those matchups uh, well, given I suppose we might have maybe struggled with tall forwards last week a little bit? Yeah, I, I mean, I, that is my role down back. I, I mean, I do like to, to go into the ruck and have a bit of a, a run round, and, and that's where someone, if you had like a rider that could, that could do most of it, and then obviously our, our ruckmen do need a, a chop out, I'll be able to come in and, and play maybe a little bit more in the ruck than what I have in, in the past, but obviously down back being um, the main job. So this week, I think... Um, uh, you know, with Tom Jonas, probably, well, I think he's definitely going to get um, suspended. Um, I think they'd have to look mm-hmm. at Alipade Carlisle coming in, who's a, a seasoned um, defender. He's, he's had two games in the sample now and, and got some fitness and, and played really well on the weekend. So I think, um, you know, he'd be he'd be seriously looked at for, for a Hogan or a, um, you know, Jack Watts style of player. And, and then I think, um, you know, Cam uh, O'Shea did a terrific job on, on Darling on the weekend. I thought he really yep. stood up to the plate and, and was able to play tall, but then also get back and help out the other boys. I thought that's where his game was awesome on the weekend. He, he didn't only get the job done on his player, he was able to air assist. And that's what we've probably been missing at times, that air assist and, mm-hmm. and just helping each other out. So I thought his, um, his form was terrific on the weekend. Yeah, so you agree that Cam O'Shea has really got a lot of potential going forward and he'll be at the club for a while, you reckon? 
Yeah, definitely. I think he's um, you know he's stuck around for for a fair while now. He's he's probably a year younger than me or, or two years younger than me, and he's, he probably hasn't played a heap of footy, but he's been around the mark and and been in and out and played some really good games. So just for him to get that consistency in his game, what what yeah. he dished up on the weekend, if he can do that week in week out, he's going to become a, a really good defender. You know this um, this topic won't stop. Now, Jackson, because Cam O'Shea is Porsche's favourite player. <laughs> uh, I think he's a few girls' favourite player. There you go. He's, uh, he's a good-looking man. Hey, um, how, how have you felt the um, defensive units gone, like especially Cam O'Shea and Stuart? Because obviously, you being part of that defensive unit and not being there, uh, have the have you found that those boys have stepped up to the plate and, and the defensive unit has? Uh, compensated without you being in that in that game plan. Oh, I thought they've done a, a, a pretty good job, uh, Rick. I thought they've been pretty solid. Um, obviously, the weekend, Josh Kennedy probably got away from Homshi a, a little bit more than what Homshi would have liked. But um, I think just the what the the mids are bringing has has helped the the defensive unit um, a lot more. I think early on this in the year, and the mids had put their hand up and say we weren't competitive enough and we weren't putting enough pressure on the opposition. And, and the stats um, back that up as well, where I think the last probably month we've been really solid in there, um, although some blokes have been down on form. But just the pressure that we're applying and the hunting that is um, is going on around packs, I think that really helps out defenders. And I think it also helps out the forwards when you can get it inside 50 more more times than not. So it's probably a bit of a mixture of, of all around the ground. But I, don't, I don't think we really leave our... Our, uh, our back six up to themselves. I think it's it's got to be team defence, and, and that's how the AFL game um, now goes. Mm. Got a couple of questions from the forum. Uh, the first one's from Papagallo. Um, internally, what are the expectations at the moment, and do we still expect to make finals this year? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, our expectations probably to play um, not so not so much focus on. Um, Winning, winning every every single game. It's probably to focus. Well, obviously, we want to win every single game, but it's to focus on playing that quality footy. And I thought, you know, with the effort and, and the way we attack the contest on the weekend, I thought that is going to win you a lot more games than than what you're going to lose. So if we can bring that uh, ferociousness at the contest every week, which is what we've been building up to, and I think we're not far away from from delivering week in week out. I think. You know we're going to be in in uh, a lot more games than what we uh, what we aren't, and and we're definitely looking at finals. I think we're you know we're four and five now, which which isn't ideal, but um, it's still not it's still not out of the picture, and, and we're still around the mark. Probably to get back to that best footy is, is our focus at the moment, our best defensive footy, and then being able to to run off and attack. I think um, it's only going to develop and, and get better, and I think Dixon's really coming into his uh, into his own around the club now and really starting to clunk some balls and, and make it a bit more predictable for, for us going forward. We've got another cool. one from, uh, from Sleazy who's asked uh, how much effort is put into exploiting opposition weaknesses during the week and has that uh, taken a little bit of a backseat when we're trying to solve problems with our own play style? Uh, that's a that's a great question. I think um, when you're playing really good footy, you you, you mainly focus on on what um, what you need to do because it just sort of it happens. I mean, obviously the boys will do a lot of um, preparation on the opposition, so we'll know our opponents inside out and the game style that we've got to play. But I think when you're playing that um, footy, which you spoke about, are we are we concentrating more on them and not our own stuff? I think when you are playing really well, it, it just sort of flows and it just sort of seems to happen all the time. Where um, I think uh, at the moment where we're struggling with a little bit of form, I think we we worry about too much, and we we we, we might go away from from what we got to do at times. 
um, on our end. But we are really, Kenny's really um, simplifying uh, the message and, and uh, I think it's staying to to get through and I think the boys are definitely working hard on their craft and, and out there on the track so it's only going to be a matter of time before we fix up those little things that are, are going to make a huge difference in our game Hey, um, just on game plan, I guess I've, my question is a little bit different to that with the coaches so we've got two new line coaches like Matthew Nix has gone forward um, Nathan Bassett's taken over the defence, does that um, does that actually take um, the coaches more than a pre-season to sort of implement um, uh, the changes that we want to make and that sometimes can influence how we play in the season? Oh, I mean, a lot of things have, have changed. I think um, uh, it probably shouldn't take that long, to be honest, Rick. I think, you know, players nowadays have got to adapt to a, you know, a fair few things, whether it be rule changes, game changes, um, obviously game plan changes so I think we, we adapt pretty quickly I think we probably haven't gasped um, the contest as much as what we have in the past and that's probably what's let us down and uh, you know there's no real reason why we haven't been able to do it it's, um, it's just it just hasn't clicked for us and we're definitely working super hard on, on getting it right I mean we're, we're working extra overtime working 100% because we want to get that victory as much as what um, our supporters do and obviously the people that they care about the footy club. I mean, we, we, we really care about this footy club and, and we love it to bits and we just want to get a win for, for everyone around the place. Yeah. And not only a win, we want to play good footy and, and play consistently. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I did have one other question, which is while you're in the ruck, I'm not saying I want to drop you back, but while you're in the ruck, um, are you getting a lot of, uh, obviously when you're playing centre-half back, you're getting direction from the coaches and stuff, but do you get Paddy Ryder and Matthew lobbying you a lot about how you should be rucking in all these contests you're coming up on, like sort of a lot of backseat driving sort of thing? Uh, they're pretty good. I think Paddy messaged me after that first game and said, no lobby, no rider, no worries, we've got Trengo. So that was his <laughs> first message. Um, That's nice. Back. They've been really supportive with me and... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've probably got a little bit of a, a different game style to, to obviously definitely lobes, but Paddy's obviously a, a big jumper as well. So mm. it's been good to, to get some stuff and, and watch a lot of vision on, on how Paddy goes about hitting his opposition. And um, yeah, they, they've been very supportive, but at the same time, it's a it's a little bit different game for me. It's it's a lot of hunt game on on the ground and trying trying to get that extra sort of number around the contest, which is what we're spoken about. Fantastic. Is is Paddy Ryder? A massive loss that maybe us supporters aren't really appreciating. Uh, y- y- you can look at it how you want. We're not making any excuses for, for ins and outs and and whatnot. I mean, we've got um, you know Jay Schultz, Matty White, mm. Alipato Carlisle, um, obviously Loby and Ryder. There's a lot of games of experience there, and um, yeah, a lot. I think you're, you're seeing Paddy Ryder's form in, in the second half of last year in the ruck where he was just able to not only compete, but get his hand on it and, and, and push it the way we wanted to. It it definitely helps, um, but, uh, you know, we're not making any excuses. We're out there. We've got a good enough team to, to be very competitive and, and win lots of games of footy, and, and that's what we'll be looking to do, in the, in the obviously, this week coming up and, and in the um, future games heading forward. You know, Manny White's an interesting one, Jackson, because he's a player I really, I think I underappreciated because... Um, his run and carry with the ball was uh, obviously a lot more influential than what I first expected when he came to the club. He, he's a great player, and I think he's been sorely missed for us uh, with his pec injury. Yeah, I think all those players have, have been missed at times, but you know what, Rick, good good, good club step up, and if, if it was a Hawthorne in case, they'd, they'd have players coming in and playing their role. And It's probably up to that second line of, of senior players that are still in our still in the team at the moment and fit and healthy to, to play consistent footy and 
I thought we got that consistency on the weekend. I mean, Travis was awesome. Robbie Gray was awesome. Hamish was was good. Tough, obviously, copped a, a big hit, but but pushed on. And um, I think just you, you got that more consistent from the the senior players that are still in the side. And that allows players to come in who haven't played as many games and and just able to go about their own form. They don't need to set the set the world on fire. They've just got to come in, play their role for the team, and and then we can um, get the wins. What about Darcy Burn Jones? Sorry, I, know, I just had to ask that when you talked about other players. I mean, we might as well go through the a, list here. Well, is, uh, is Darcy... Darcy's a bloody bull terrier, isn't he? Yeah, I think his, his actions have, have speaking loud enough for, for what he... His values and the way he goes about his footy, and I don't think you could ask for, for a better start to your career than what he's, he's dished up. He's been unreal. The way he goes about his footy, he's hard, he's, he's tough, but he's got skills, he's got speed, and he's going to have a, a mighty fine career, I reckon. Yeah. Awesome. Um, who should we go? Who should we go through now, Rick? Five. All best. Oh. <laughs> All best Jake Need. Jake Need. I reckon we should, reckon we should just talk Mead. about yourself. Yeah. Talk, talk about yourself a bit more, uh, Jacko. Nah, that's enough for me, mate. mate. We could talk about new vision. I guess there's another an hour's worth of value there. I reckon. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Or what about you? Could what? What should I do while I'm in New York, mate? Is there is there a New York? Photo, is there a best photo? thing I what, best thing it? I did while I was in New York, mate? Was I went to the Lion King. Out of all things, I went to all sporting events. I saw LeBron James. Mate. The best thing I went to see was the Lion King play. Really? Um, it's a, it, you've got to do it. It's get really good seats. Pay for the extra for the seats. I know. I know you got plenty of cash anyway, which you'd, you'd splash out. But um, no, I reckon um, honestly that that is the one of the best things I did in New York. Right. The Lion King I play. Have I went to all the sports, I everything. That. I went ice hockey. I went basketball. I thought it was fantastic. I like. I love my sport, but yeah, the yeah. Lion King play was was unbelievable. Can I can I just say um, I, we're going off track here, but um, I went and saw that Circus O at Vegas at the Bellagio, and uh, that was absolutely amazing. And you know, if you want to put it into a sporting reference with teamwork as well, I mean. Um, how well synchronised and uh, they, how they followed the processes and the spectacle that they put on uh, was just amazing. And those divers, like inside a theatre, they, how they created this pool was just amazing. And they were diving from 15 metres up, you know, and there was solid floor within two metres either side of where they're diving. And these guys were just doing it. It was and women. It was that was amazing too. I'd highly recommend people go see Circus O. And David Copperfield was pretty good also. Yeah, very very calculated with the the way they go about it. And that's what we're trying to bring in at the footy club. I mean, these these people are flirting with their life with some of the stuff that they do. And you know, we've got the, the chance to go out in a weekend and, and play a sport. And for us, it's just about getting that consistency of being able to deliver on our job week in week out. And, and that's what we're really looking forward to in the in the second half and, and going forward. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've had a couple of comments from the Spreaker chat forums, which uh, is people listening in live to the conversation, um, saying that uh, they're all thinking of Paddy. Um, well, he's not there, and I guess Monfries as well. And that just sort of led me to another question, which is, um, are we really looking forward to maybe not just having Monfries back, but adding him to Young? Because Young's obviously taken on that forward opportunity really well, and having those two options, do you think that's a great sign for the future? Yeah, I think so. I think Gus has been a, another link that we haven't even spoken about tonight that we've we've missed sorely, and just his energy around the footy club um, week in week out, and uh, he's got an ability to make everyone laugh and, and happy around the place even when things aren't going too well. So we, we've sorely missed um, missed Gussie around the joint, but mm. and the way he's uh, you know he's obviously played a, a lot a lot of footy, and you don't play that many games without being a really good class player, and, and that's what he is. So 
we've missed his link up and, and just the way he leads at the ball and his work rate. Um, I think that's probably one thing we've missed from Gus. But we're, uh, we're definitely sticking in there and hanging in with those guys. We, we catch up with them on a regular basis and oh, it's always good to see their faces. And, and obviously they can't come into the club, but, but outside the footy, um, I think Gussie's just uh, over in New York, so Rick will probably chase him around somewhere over there at the, <laughs> at the, at the same time and, and maybe uh, maybe catch up is with us. But um, yeah, he Where is he? Work. I think he might be back now. Can't give that. I away. might have to. I might have to go stalk him or something, Jackson. You, you, ch- yeah, take him to Lion King, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we better let you go anyway. You've uh, you sacrificed enough of your time. Um, good on good on you guys. We've got a, and we'll, I guess me and you have got a couple of plans coming up later in the season, which we will tie in probably with Port Fan Radio as well. So we'll, we'll get those uh, ironed out and announce those pretty soon. Yeah, I think I think so. Get them, uh, get the people to come in. It'd be good to see you. Obviously, we're doing an event at some stage uh, uh, at one of the footy clubs, which I think is going to be um, yeah. going to be really Woody good. South. I think you, Woody South. We're, we're heading down yeah. there, so obviously that's going to be a, a big night and, a, and an event. Which, um, you know, I'd love to see all the people, Port supporters, come down. I think um, if you think I'm some sort of value on this show, you'll, you'll see a bit more of that night. I'll, I'll really open up and, and give you a fair yeah, insight work. about what we go about and um, hopefully yeah. some jokes and hopefully some stuff about you, Rick, would be nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Maybe some photos lovely. of you lounging around Vegas pools and whatnot. Yeah, I could do that. Racing the sports cars, mate. That's probably the best thing I've done so far. I, I think my, I really uh, my mum's Hyundai gets up to better speeds than what those cars are getting up to. But <laughs> I'm willing to work. Hey, steady on, man. We'll have nah. to, that sounds like a shout. I did, I did challenge you on the go-karts and you never took me up. Uh, the way, no, you drove you, you pretty well. I just didn't know if you knew where the accelerator was. <laughs> hey, you know, I didn't know whether the instructor was actually uh, just blossom my ego at the end after I took that McLaren out for a drive because he, he goes, oh, man, you were fantastic, buddy. He goes, we had a Porsche driver out yesterday and you did better than him. And I was thinking to myself, I'm sure you say that to all the guys. No, you actually did look like you knew what you are doing, which was which was good. And, no, it looked heaps of, heaps of fun. I only saw the um, Ferrari one, which was obviously a, a good experience, mate. It's, um, I reckon if you, if you get the chance to do it, it's definitely, um, definitely worth doing. Actually, I don't think I put the McLaren one up. I'll put it on for you. So you got, that car is a beast. It it went from like 90 to 210 clicks in about 200 metres. And um, I was actually scared for the first three laps. It was that powerful. If you're it paying is... a million bucks, you'd want it to go pretty quick, wouldn't you? Well, they're, the they're, not that, well they're not that expensive, though. McLaren? No. Over here. No, over here they were saying they're like. Yeah, over there, I mean, look, over there, but you, you get luxury truth. tax over here. Anyway, we're off the point. Anyway, yeah. have a good night, guys. True. <laughs> All right, <laughs> see you, mate. Thanks, Thank Thanks Jackson. Guys. Bye. 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 Well, I'll try not to derail <laughs> derail the whole whole podcast with luxury cars. Oh, honestly, Rick, we've missed your derails when you've been gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we've had short podcasts. It's been quite strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything. <laughs> So, so maybe I'm the component that brings the professionalism down on the show. I think there's no disputing I think that. that was pretty clear. <laughs> that's been clear no. for four years, Rick. Okay. Well, that's all right. I know my place. Yeah. yeah just, just t- it's a good time to specialise and just really work on these derails because you're pretty good, but I think you can be better. All right. I'll try. I'll see how, how much further I can take it. So what America. are we up to, guys? Well, look, hey, we've did you a, learn anything? We've had a few other comments from the forum uh, or from the chat room, I, I should say. Uh, JBC has said uh, Rick sounds like he's been drinking and smoking the whole time he's been <laughs> in the States. Sounds rough as guts. 
And uh, Stu Hawks <laughs> has said uh, we need a Rick's Travelling Adventures podcast. Yeah, I could probably do that. I mean, this is the first time I've been away for an extended period of time, so it's a real eye-opener for me. But, yeah, funny enough you say about the smoking. Um, I actually We haven't actually drunk much, but I'm still recovering from Vegas because they allow smoking everywhere there. And oh. we, when we, yeah, I know it's disgusting. I mean, when we, when we worked in, walked into the Bellagio, the cigarette smoke just hit me and I woke up the next day and I was coughing up a lung just from passive smoking. I just, um, yeah, it was just horrendous. I, and I couldn't believe that they're just so, so backwards with the times, um, over there. So that's something to take into account for non-smokers. There you go. Mm. So right. what did you learn anything from Jackson? That Paddy is teaching him how to rock, which is good. Mm. Yeah. Is Paddy allowed to teach him how to rock? Well, if they're not doing it at the club, I guess. You know, at the moment, Paddy, I think, probably follows the same rules as a fan. So if he talks to, you know, the bloke with the beard at uh, the boundary line, then it's the same thing as talking to Paddy, right? I'm sure everyone gives him advice anyway. So. Yeah. I just thought they weren't allowed to communicate football at all. No, I think he's just not allowed to go to the club and be part of official things. Yeah. Anyway, How can you stop them the talking footy on a Saturday night at like 11 p.m.? Like, you can't yeah. do it. Well, so. I, don't, I don't know. Are they going to hide in the bushes like I do with a, a secret microphone or something and um, you know try and record them? Okay. Probably. So it is water. <laughs> yeah. That's the way. Well, look, let's move on and uh, get on to our usual uh, festivities, uh, our sweet and sour uh, one thing we found sweet and one thing we found uh, sour about uh, Port Adelaide this week. Uh, Portia, what was your sweet? God, that's tough. Um, uh, I don't really know. I, I suppose have to be really Camoche's return to form. He, he really shook it off. Um, he did uh, very well, I thought. That'd have to be my sweet, really. Yep. Yeah, yeah. mine was the same. Nice. Mine was the same. After... Pretty horrible performance the week before. It was uh, great to see him regroup uh, and, and really turn it around. And you know, when I saw him lining up on Darling halfway through the first quarter, I thought, "Oh, he's going to get ragdolled and you know, be in for a pretty tough time." But he really wasn't. And uh, not only did he sort of run off him and, and use the ball well, his uh, intercept play was fantastic. And uh, honestly, can't remember a single thing that Darling did at all. I didn't even think he got no. touched until I got home and checked the, the stats. But you know, that's the O'Shea we should see every week. Does yeah. that justify um, Ken's um, persistence with Cam O'Shea? You know, how everyone was saying, drop him, drop him, drop him. He should have been gone. Um, Ken stuck fat with him, gave him an opportunity, and he turned it around. I still think O'Shea is a barometer of whether the team as a whole is doing the jobs they're supposed to be doing. Um, I, I think, you know, I th- I'm sure he probably put in a lot of effort, um, especially if he listened to our podcast, which I'm sure he did, because, you know, why wouldn't you? Um, but really, I, I think that he's able to do that sort of role because he's got support from other defenders, and I think we saw that a bit more this week, certainly, than we did against Carlton. What do you think, Rick? What was your sweet? Oh, mate, mine was that little bull terrier, um, Darcy Byrne-Jones, hobbling off with one leg and deciding to run back onto the ground and... Uh, defend his captain. I mean, he, uh, he's got a bit of George Fiacci uh, mongrel in him, Darcy, doesn't he? He does, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's just going great guns. I'm really enjoying watching him play, and uh, he's just sort of come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even expecting him to be playing, and, and he's playing like a first 22 player, and he's probably, with Aaron Young, the shining light for me, and 
at a special mention to Jackson. I think he's doing uh, a manful job in the in the rut when it's not where he should be. Yeah. What about your sour portion? Um, my sour would be that even though we were better than we were last week against Carlton, it just was not coming off all game. It just wasn't coming off. Um, and I, I guess I've got a secondary sour, which is um, having been in Melbourne for a while and going to the MCG and Eddie had, I had forgotten how much South Australians love putting their feet on every seat, um, like not just ta- not not just tapping it occasionally with their foot, but like literally I had grotty sneakers hanging next to my head for a huge chunk of the game until I moved. Um, it was it was really not good. So that was my my other sour, I guess. But uh, there you go. There you go. Love that. <laughs> what about you, Rick? What was your sour? Oh, there was a couple. Um, Nathan Cracker's um, disposal was one. Very underperforming for him. But I guess, um, unlike you guys, I, I still like to blame the umpires to a degree. And um, the last two weeks, those bloody ugh, green maggots have really um, infuriated me. But as I texted you during the game, Macker, I'm trying to think of the last time in a game where we have been on the better end of the umpiring stick, where we've walked away and gone, shit, well, if it wasn't for the umpires, I reckon we would have lost that game. Uh, I can't remember the last time that has actually occurred, whereas I think as a supporter group, we can list off probably three or four games where we can feel a bit jaded with the lopsided umpiring. That's the nature of subjectivity, the nature of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys... Can you guys remember a game when we've walked away and gone, shit, well, we got the we got the, the good end of the pineapple? Of course not. But if you ask any club member, can you recall the last Port game that you got the good end of the umpiring? Apart from a couple of people on the fringes, they'll all say, nah, Port always get good umpire against us. I remember this time that blah, blah, blah happened. Like, it's every club yeah. supporters do that. Yeah. Even when you get Bullshit. the rub of the green, <laughs> you still think you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, just the nature uh, of the beast. Well, like, there would have been Carlton fans last week that thought they were absolutely screwed over. Oh, so I'm sure. Just the nature. I'm sure there was North Melbourne fans in Tasmania that thought they were screwed over as well when it was like 38 oh, no to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, would have said, what they would have said was, I think that the umpiring has been really even tonight. I think it's been really good because you know we had yeah we had some okay free kicks, but they had a couple that were pretty much the same. I thought the umpiring was pretty consistent. Like that's what people say. All the time. It's, it's very uh, rare you think that you get uh, a plush deal with the umpires. The, the only one that I can yeah. think of off the top of my head was the uh, St Kilda game in 2013, I think it was, uh, at Etihad Stadium, um, where we got a couple of uh, lucky decisions pretty late, I think. But uh, outside of that, mm. um, just talking about this week, I, I certainly think the umpires had more of an impact this week than they did last week. Uh, there was a couple of dodgy calls in that last quarter, I think. But uh, anyway, uh, my sour... Um, I think we need to can the idea that uh, Jack Homch is our long-term fullback. Um, over the last sort of eighteen months or so, I think he's proven that uh, I don't think he's up to it. Um, being the main guy back there, and when he plays as that third toll, he's just a phenomenal reader of the play and, and one of the best in the AFL in uh, in that sort of thing. But uh, it's staggering how someone who is so proactive um, when playing as that third toll is is so reactive when playing as the main defender and. I watched him closely and he, he was just out of position. It takes forever to sort of recognise when his opponent changes direction. And, uh, and some of the things he did out there were, were schoolboy stuff. Um, you know, I really think we badly need to blood Cleary or, us, or Austin uh, as the long-term full-back. And um, 
you know, even bring back Bobby this week, maybe if we want some experience in the side, which will allow Jack to uh, to go back to his more natural role in the back pocket. Yeah, I think there's. Yeah, I, I think you might be right with Homsch in that, like when we had, for example, um, Matthew Bishop as our backman on the rare occasion. Like it just he was not like good at that. He was better sort of being that third backman on say medium sized player. Mm. Um, Troy Chaplin, who everyone apparently now hates, is also in that category. Just wasn't really up to being the number one, and, and that's okay. But it does mean you need to recruit your, your number one. And I agree on Austin coming in at this point. That'd be quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about our uh, what the hell moment? What was yours, Portia? Um, I've got two. One just happened, which is that I just got in an argument with Jackson Trengove about where he should play on the field, which is pretty... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't expect that at the start of the night. Um, the other one would probably be the pre-game entertainment. And I really liked the pre-game entertainment, and I was kind of looking forward to hearing the uh, Indigenous version of the club song. And that was cool, except for the fact that they used the exact same peppy, poppy music behind it as we normally hear. And that just completely threw me. I just thought, what is this? It sounded like J-pop or something. I didn't get it. Um, I thought they would have done a whole different music set as well, like just a, lot of, a complete new recording. But, yeah, that, that threw me. That was my, my WTF for the week. Mm. What about yours, Rick? Um, well, I didn't watch too much footy, obviously. Um, so my what-the-fuck moment was... I went and saw Captain America in the movies, <laughs> and, um, and I, we did that in the first night here in New York, and it freaked me out, because I'm sitting there watching a movie, and next minute, all these, uh, the whole audience is laughing throughout the movie, like, really, really loudly, and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? They just, Americans just get so into the movies, it is just amazing, and I'm sitting there thinking, that's not even funny, and, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it just really weirded me out. You need to go see a movie over here, and uh, they get into it very, very uh, passionately compared to what we do. That's my what the fuck moment. Oh, I've got to say, I went and saw Civil War, and just because my, I was hanging out with my sisters and we needed something to do for a couple of hours, um, and I've seen a whole bunch of the other Marvel movies, and I have not really enjoyed any of them. But this one, I actually, I, I myself laughed in the cinema, which surprised the hell out of me. Like any, pretty much any time Spider Man was on, I was like, Haha, that's pretty good. Um, so I don't know. I think that might not just be an American thing. I reckon if you went and saw it in Australia in that first week, you might have heard a fair few laughs as well. Mm. Oh, well, maybe it was, it's it was me, the then. best one. It was the best one, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Dylan in the chat wants to know if everyone stood up and clapped after the film. No, they didn't go that far. But I tell you, they they were laughing at stuff that I didn't actually think was that funny at all. And I just kept step. Me and Mel just kept staring at each other, going what is going on here but they're they're a lot more out there than what the what we are maybe australians are more introverted but anyway that's what state were you in that was in new york okay my what the hell moment uh, was buddy talk about turning back the clock and uh, and some of those goals he kicked on friday night were just ridiculous uh, especially the one mm. from inside the center where uh, bruce McAvaney lost a load just about um that, that was uh, that was one of the best performances by buddy in a long time i think yeah, no, he's, um, it's good to see him back in a bit of form, um, particularly as it really does feel like Sydney's one of the, the few hopes to knock Hawthorne off their pedestal, although Hawthorne have not been travelling as well as they have in previous years, but they can still hang in there and be a pain. So uh, uh, it is good to see him up there a, a little bit more, and, um, yeah, it's good. I like it. it. 
Well, let's move on and talk about our review. Uh, Port played West Coast in round nine at Adelaide Oval on Saturday, and despite a late surge, uh, fell short by eight points. Uh, 13 goals, eight to 14 goals, 10. Uh, West Coast made the most of their periods of dominance, uh, with Josh Kennedy kicking seven goals. Uh, and whilst it took Tom Jonas knocking out Andrew Gaff for Port Adelaide to sort of spring back into life, um, Aaron Young led the way with four goals, uh, whilst uh, Chaddy Wingard kicked three, and uh, Charlie Dixon kicked two. Uh, Portia, you were also at the ground. Um, what went on out there? Um, I think one of the things I really noticed early on was how little respect the West Coast defence was paying Aaron Young and others in our forward line as well. They were playing a really loose defence, um, which we were able to exploit. So we had a, a, a couple of good entries, which are like the ones we, I suppose we say that we should always have with a small forward line, but we actually were able to get them because we were um, we had a Young and Need, I suppose, mostly managing to keep away when we had possession of the ball so that they could run into position. Um, they did tighten up a bit after that, and I think that kind of restricted us. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like the reason I chose this game at the start of the year to come over for is because West Coast don't travel well, and I think we really saw exactly that. They don't travel well. Um, I don't think they... I think their effort this week was a bit like our effort against Carlton last week. Um, it's just that they managed to hang on for a win. Mm. Mm. No, that's fair. I think, uh, for me, the, the main issue that we had to deal with was our lack of skills, and I thought we had... A really great opportunity to blow the game open at the start of the second quarter. I think, thought we had a good sort of 10, 15 minutes of dominance, but yeah. we just turned the ball over time and time again and just made either poor decisions or laughable mistakes. You know, Impey hitting the post from point blank range, um, Youngie mm. overrunning the ball and missing a, a mark 10 metres out in front, um, players turning the ball over. There was just, it was just one of those things where you thought, at the start of that quarter, you thought, oh, we're on top here. I really hope we can get up by three or four goals. But uh, by half time, the Eagles were leading by three or four goals, and, and you just sort of felt that was the game there. Yeah. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, I was just going to say, even though we sort of dominated that passage, I think if we kicked a goal, I just felt like the Eagles probably would have just kicked another goal anyway because they were still sort of controlling the bulk of the momentum and they seem to have control of the game and uh, I think our midfield again in that second quarter and just sort of to me anyway from a TV perspective we saw they sort of disappeared late in the first through to the uh, halfway through the second which again was the game in effect for us over at that at that stage of the game yeah look I'd, I'd agree um I think that the you, t- you have to say that West Coast were doing as much as they thought they had to to win. But I did think, um, particularly in that last run uh, in the third quarter, heading into the siren, like there was a period there where I thought we could have actually maybe snatched it back. But um, unfortunately, we didn't take our chances and ran out of momentum. And then we had three-quarter time, and that was pretty much it, I think. Although we did make another comeback after that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Tommy Jonas. Um, it looked pretty mm. bad at the ground. Uh, what did you think, Portia? Um, I was at the other end at the time, and they didn't show it on the TV, so I didn't really see it. Uh, mm. I don't know. From what I've seen since, it, yeah, it's pretty bad. I think it's probably being blown out of proportion um, in the media. Uh, I think it's a pretty bad uh, thing, and I guess it'll be interesting to see whether Tom Jonas can break Byron Pickett's record for being suspended uh, in a ridiculous amount of time for what he did um, compared to the AFL. I mean, you have to say, I think at this point, under the new system, Pickett and probably now Jonas will be the top two longest suspensions of a player, uh, I'd guess, because Pickett missed like six weeks, didn't he, from about that amount? Yeah, I think Dean can... Solomon got uh, 
six or seven for uh, breaking Cameron Ling's jaw, I reckon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so two of the top three then, probably, mm. going by what we're hearing. So mm, I think um, Steve Baker got nine weeks for um, really? persistent punches on uh, on Steve Johnson, I think. Right, so not really in the same category yeah. <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, I, I, still, I thought it was... I was, yeah. was going to say, I still didn't think, like... I don't think it was malicious, even though it looked malicious. I don't I don't think Tom Jonas is that type of player. Do you guys think he's that type of player? Well... Uh, well, he clearly is. <laughs> yeah, look, well... I don't know. Yeah. It, it looked bad at the ground, and I was yeah. su- pretty surprised they didn't actually show a replay at the ground. I thought, uh, God, something really bad's happened here, but... Uh, I, I guess there is a, a couple of things to point out, and that's I, I don't think Jonas meant to hit him in the head, and I certainly don't think he meant to knock him out. I think that much is clear, but I just don't understand what he was thinking or what he was trying to do. Um, yeah, was he trying to get him in the back, or was he trying to get the ball? And when you start sort of leading with your forearm and elbow like that, trying to spoil, uh, the, the margin for error is uh, is pretty uh, pretty uh, high, I think, and it just becomes a little bit pointless and. What was the best case scenario of what could have happened there is, you know, maybe he gets him in the back and it still would have been a 15-metre penalty and a goal anyway. So mm, mm. I guess my other point is that Tom's a leadership player and this is the third time this year he's he's done something worthy of being looked at by the tribunal after running through Laird in the showdown off the ball and uh, and he's after the siren bump on Dangerfield as well. Um we're now going to be without someone who uh, who is one of our leaders. He's in our leadership group and, and a player who I think has been in really good form all year. And uh, he's certainly been one of our most consistent players. And, and for just something which um, you're just not sure what was going through his head at the time. And he does have a history of this. You know, every year he sort of um, he seems to get reported uh, for something. And uh, I'm all for making players hurt and all that, but. Um, yeah, when when you end up getting suspended in what looks like being for a fairly lengthy amount of time, it just becomes a bit pointless, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I guess in the same category, like I'm all for making players hurt, but when the only time you seem to do it, you get suspended. It's not working, and you probably not. You could probably find better ways to do it. Maybe we need to get Michael Wilson as a in as a, a secret um, punch, jumper punch, elbow uh, specialist to teach our defenders how to do nasty things within the law. Yeah, it's it's a very uh, very uh, important point you put there, um, put out there, Porsche, which was something I sort of was thinking. There was, I can't remember which quarter it was, I think it might have been at the southern end. Um, Justin Westhoff had an opportunity to take a mark near the goal square and mm-hmm. sort of went a little bit soft at the attempt. And it was brought up on by the commentary team that, you know, he just didn't go hard enough for that ball. And, you know, I just think there's a lot of sides where the forwards or defenders would just go manic hard to get the ball regardless if there's a player in front of them and, and will do anything to get that ball and you know put the knees in the back or whatever and I just feel like some of our players and Westhoff's a good example where he seems to be like too much of a nice guy and doesn't want to have that that sort of aggressive influence in a game and it would just be nice to see um, some of those pl- players you know a bit like Charlie Dixon just really want to have that intent to smash the pack mm. and and, you know, get out of their way and uh, have total destruction at all costs in a fair way. Is that uh, a fair observation? I think that even among players that do play like that, don't play like that every week. So I think that's probably not a fair expectation. But I think also, there's you know, there's been a bit of blow up in one of the threads 
today about, you know, what makes people harder the ball is, it, you know, going to a fancy school or being working class and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, I sort of agree with the general perception, which is that you're either hard or you're not. And I, I think that we can't suddenly expect at the end of his career Westhoff to start being a player that he hasn't been his whole career. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen. He no. obviously doesn't have that instinct. That's the sort of thing you learn really early. It's probably tied in part to the character decisions that formed you uh, as a child going forward, um, having that sort of edge, um, but not only having that edge, but being willing to act on it as well. Um, I think even I just also read an interview uh, with Darcy Byrne-Jones. There was a comment again on the forum um, about someone asking him, you know, did you think about getting involved in the melee? And he said, no, I'm not in a high enough pay packet, so I stayed away. Like, you know, even D- even Darcy, who we're just talking about being a real tough nut, he's got that little bit of brain saying, no, nah, it's not a good idea to get involved. And um, that's not to say he's any less tough for it, but that he's sort of picking his battles a bit. And I think that that's probably more what we need to have our guys doing. So rather than Jonas, you know, actually elbowing a bloke, um, maybe just be really physical the rest of the game and just keep bumping into him all game long like Michael Wilson used to do. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, Travis Boak I want to talk about because he... Copped a massive hit at uh, in the first couple of minutes, uh, a really big bump right down the middle, and you know he stayed down for a long time. I, I think a lot of people in the crowd were sort of concerned he might have done some ribs or, or a lung or something like that. Um, how did you see his performance when he came back on the ground? Because um, I thought he was uh, he was pretty good, and whilst his di- disposal efficiency was down, um, to get twenty six touches and, and have a pretty big influence, uh, I thought was pretty good after that sort of hit. Yeah, look, it's definitely left on recent performances. Um, I don't know. I mean, you talk about uh, the midfield as a unit, and really, including Robbie Gray, is just a, a huge boon to everyone in the midfield, you know, having him around the area, uh, taking up a, a good defensive option for the opposition. And I think that the more we get players back and inform, the easier it's going to be for our whole midfield to perform, and particularly Travis. Mm. I thought Travis had a good game. I mean, I, I still think. We're probably missing, you know, that ten or fifteen percent more from him that he can do. But I mean, after the, it was a massive hit, and it was a good bump too. I noticed some supporters um, on some of the social media were saying, "Oh, it wasn't fair," but um, it was completely fair. Probably Trav just lacked a bit of awareness in that instance and got caught out for it. But you know, mm. credit to him, he came back on, and you know, we had a few players that I thought played injured and, and were very courageous on the weekend. And you can't ask for more yep. than that. Yeah. Yeah, true. Hamish Hartler was another one. Yeah, he uh, he uh, he came back out, even though he was completely buggered. And Darcy Byrne Jones was another. You know, so uh, and I think that was just an out. That's just part of football, isn't it? Yeah, when you put your body on the line and you go in hard to a contest, sometimes you're going to get hurt, but you just got to yeah. do that. Is Jarman Impey spot in the side in a bit of danger? Um, he had that really good week against Richmond, playing up forward. He kicked three goals, uh, but hasn't really looked like it since. Um, and I thought he, he was. Really fumbly and uh, a little bit disappointing on the weekend. Yeah, I tried to make a case for MP by looking through the stats for the game, and in most of the ones I was looking at, he was right either bottom or in the bottom four players in our team in those areas. So I think, mm. you know, as far as clangers, he was right near the top. As far as total possession, he was pretty low. You know, everything else, he was not doing all that well. And of course, at the ground, that goal he missed that was terrible he actually did do something good to get that opportunity but he really is not in form right now um i don't know what it is whether he's just been given matchups he's not capable of or if he's just not focused enough at the moment hard to know mm. yeah he did he i know he's not a fan favorite at the moment is he but um no. it's interesting because he he's he seems to show 
the glimpses of what he can do, but he just, you know, you can't be missing, same with Jake Need at times, you can't be missing those goals 25 metres out, you know, dead in front. You've got to, as a key forward and a small forward, you've got to kick those. And, um, yeah, I was a bit frustrated by his game, and I think it's because I, I think he can do much better than what he what he's doing. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. If we continue down that path, I guess our hands are tied a little bit with the with the personnel that we've got available to select from as well. Yeah, I, I think there was a really good comment in the review thread, which I can't recall who made it, unfortunately, and so sorry if you're a listener, um, which was that they look at Impey as more a set of physical attributes rather than having picked up any football skills during his time with us. And I have to say that's not too far off the mark in that when he's good, it's usually because he's got talent and he's sort of making something out of it. But as far as being part of the machine, you know, one of the, the, the cogs that makes our set players work, it's not so evident with his play. And I just sort of wonder if that's a development issue um, with development coaching well, or what else. I liked your reply because I'm pretty sure you made, you made that observation. Uh, do we have a development issue at the club? Do you and mm. Maka think that we do have a development issue? Uh, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Certainly, I think in terms of tolls, we certainly do because we just don't give them mm. a, enough of a, an, an opportunity. And, you know, I think our um, our history of developing toll forwards is diabolical. Uh, yeah, we, we pretty much traded in every key forward we've ever had except for sort of Treadray and maybe Toby Thurston's, and, and that's about it. Um, so I think there's certainly... Um, some developmental issues there. Maybe, you know, we need to look at uh, the developmental coaches and maybe move them on. Yeah, like, I mean, the guys that we've had that have sort of come in and been excellent that aren't flankers, um, like that's Ollie Wines and Chad Wingard pretty much, isn't it? Um, And as for developing flankers, I mean, even the Demons in their worst days, they're still getting through guys like Colin Garland, you know, that can play okay. Um, that's just always going to happen. And I think that's really the category of player we've sort of been developing for the most part. So that that is a concern. It's definitely something we need to pay more attention to because if we're going to invest, if we're looking to be in a position where we're going to need to invest in draft picks to actually build the squad we need to win premierships, then we definitely need uh, top-line development coaching. So mm. like, there's another yeah. money sink for the club. Get on to it, KT. <laughs> but look, on the other hand, there's a, there's a player like Aaron Young who uh, played just about his best game of AFL footy on the weekend and is certainly yeah. relishing the uh, the sort of confidence shown in him uh, this year. He kicked four goals, dished off uh, another one. I think he had something like 10 score involvements um, and was just an absolute star out there. Yeah, look, it's been great how Aaron Young's gone. But again, I guess if we're talking about development, like I think that's really been a development in the side sort of thing rather than coming through from SNFL level ready to go because, I mean, it's hard to argue that he was ready to go when all those games he played. He's played 50 games now and he's only really come into form when he's been just given whole games to play in, which to, I think to an extent indicates that he's working it out on his own, particularly given we've had comments in previous weeks from Ken Hinckley saying, you know, he's doing a bit of the job that we want, but he's not doing all of it. Um, and he's certainly playing very instinctive football as well. I think that if he gets highly rated amongst opponents, I think he'll find it a lot tougher than he has been so far this year. Um, like I said earlier, the amount of space he was given against West Coast early was pretty disrespectful to him, and I don't expect he's going to keep getting that if he keeps playing in the way he has. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Aaron's now moved on and is, has an ability to go and order food from Subway? I don't get your reference, Rick. Well, the sub rule, the Mr. Subman. Oh, he used God. to stay away from Subway. Come on. Porsche, you kill my humour. 
Oh, is that what it does? Okay, sorry. Uh, Human. Yeah. I thought it was on the spot funny. You've got to warn us, Rick, if you're going to be humorous, because we just yeah. don't know to expect it. At least yeah, give us some, uh, some clues or something. <laughs> Bugger off. I'm never cracking a funny ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so who goes in, who goes out uh, this week? Um, who's in a bit of trouble? Um, well, I mean, I guess it comes down to, I don't know if we've got a Magpies review section in this podcast, but that's really we the do. thing. Okay, well, I don't know whether we might even hang on to it to then, because I think okay. MP, if we're going to name it out, it's probably him out, but we've got to talk about who's going to come in based on right. how they played on the weekend, because we had a ripper game, apparently. So We did. Did uh, any of you catch the live stream? No, no, okay. sorry. No. All right. No worries. It's all on uh, you. Flying solo here. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. You so are. the Maggies uh, played South Adelaide at Alberton on Sunday and recorded a, a pretty dominant 48-point victory, 20 goals 11 to 12 goals 11. Luke Reynolds was uh, back in some good form with four goals. Um, Brennan Archie and, uh, and John Butcher uh, kicked three each, uh, whilst Jimmy Tumpus and Jesse Palmer also kicked two. Uh, it, was a, it was a big uh, eight-goal third quarter, which was the catalyst uh, of the victory. And, uh, yeah, quite a few uh, very good players this week. Yeah, so I guess the most obvious one for me, we're just talking about maybe MP out. I kind of think of those ones maybe Tumpus in. I think that's a fairly straight swap. Um, yeah, look, Tumpus had a, good enough? Yeah, Tumpus had a big game. He had uh, 28 touches and, and kicked a couple of goals and looked really good uh, playing through the midfield and, and off a forward flank as well. So he certainly got uh, well involved. And, um, yeah, you, you would think he would come straight back into the side this week. Hmm. And what about Butch? What about Butch? He's 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 got his is he back into consistency again? What, what uh, happened? Butch, uh, he was great. I really enjoyed Butch's game this week. He he had a bit of a slow first half, um, mm-hmm. but he ended up with uh, with eleven touches, three marks, and kicked three goals as well. Had a, a big part to play late in the game to still to uh, seal the deal. I really liked. He was sort of crashing packs and and really getting involved. And um, yeah, if he was uh, if he wasn't taking the grab, then he was bringing the ball to ground and. Uh, Certainly, um, his uh, consistency of effort this year has been a hell of a lot better uh, through any stage of his career. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and given the matchups we've got this week, um, I talked about very briefly earlier about the fact we're going to have to go up against Hogan and Watts. Um, I've been watching Melbourne play. They actually do work together. It's kind of jealous-making, I guess. What's the word for that? Um, in that I wish we had two forwards doing that because you'll mm. see sometimes Hogan kick to Watts and then Watts will go back to Hogan when he's run upfield, things like that. Um, do you think speak, uh, we'll have Logan on Hogan? Do you think Austin will come in? Uh, well, that's the, that's well, the that's big it. question, isn't it? Uh, is it, uh, is it Austin or is it Carlisle? Uh, Carlisle played on Brett mm. Eddy, who uh, had a decent game. He took seven marks, kicked a couple of goals, had six scoring shots. Um, probably wasn't at his uh, absolute best, Bobby Carlisle. Um, or do mm. we play the uh, the rookie, uh, the first gamer in uh, in Logan Austin? So he also didn't really do much out there, but um, it was certainly a bit more consistent, I think. Yeah. What would you guys like to see? Well, my concern about Carlisle is that if Carlisle was fit, like if he played the last five weeks or something like that, I'd say he's a great matchup for Hogan. Um, I'm worried, though, because Carlisle doesn't usually come back with a full burst of speed on him, and I think that Hogan, even though he's not all that fast, he's faster than a, a semi-fit Alipati Carlisle, so that would yes. be my concern, because he does lead, he does take the big marks, and if he doesn't have someone uh, right on his tail, he could get away from us. 
Mm. It's, it's a tough one. I think uh, Bobby would be the perfect uh, fit for Hogan. I think he's got the size to match him sort of physically. Mm. Um, Austin might have the pace and a, and a bit more height. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. I mean, Jonas would have been a good match-up uh, this week, but unfortunately he's going to be out. So um, we'll, we'll certainly see one of those players come in. Well, do we have our, our quest for finals, do we need to um, still maybe invest some time in these developing players like a Cleary or an Austin over an Alapati Carlisle? I guess that's the question. And uh, for me, I would probably... I'd like to see the future more than the past at this point in time. Not, and I don't want to dump yeah. all our experienced players, but I just like, yeah, the question mark over Alipati's fitness has got to be there. And I think it'd be great just to see a Logan Austin or Tom Cleary come in for a run of three or four games and, and just show us what they can do and, and give the supporters a little bit of uh, faith that, you know, we are still looking for the future as well as trying to protect our own interests from a coaching perspective. Well, that's the I, tough one, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's the really tough question because Bobby's yeah. out of contract at the end of this year. Um, I guess it's probably 50-50 whether he'd get another contract or not. And At this point in time, we really don't know anything about Cleary or Ross. And Cleary played some decent footy last year. Um, hasn't got a look in yet so far this year. Austin hasn't played a game. So if Bobby doesn't get a contract next year, you'd really want to be seeing something out of Cleary or, or Austin uh, between now and the end of the season. I kind of think with the matchups this week that um, legitimately Austin or Cleary is the better option just because Carlisle doesn't have that little bit of pace he probably needs. I think he's going to have to prove he can get up to speed in the SNFL. Uh, and if you play someone like Austin on Hogan um, and you give Austin the strict instruction that really what he's there to do is just run right up the back of him and spoil, spoil, spoil. Um, and then you have someone like O'Shea in his return to form doing what Jackson just called, what was it, air blocks? Um, basically yeah. the old Brett Montgomery jump in front, cop the hit, take the mark, whatever else he might need to do. And that's enough to shut Hogan down. Like, he's pretty good, but I think that if he gets that sort of concerted effort, he's shown that he struggles with it in the past. Yeah. So I think I think that Logan, who's got enough pace and enough height and enough reach, uh, in his first game, if he's got a fairly simple job, which is just spoil everything, um, I think that's his perfect sort of game to debut him in, potentially. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it also... Um, goes back to what Macca was saying, allows Jack Homsch to do that role as well, doesn't it? Um, go back to his natural play. And we've got a, we've, we're lucky we've got a lot of those drifting players that can do it to a relative degree of accuracy. So, um, yeah, I'd like Logan Austin in the side, and I'd like to see what he, he can do, because, what, this is his second year. He's a second-year player now. So mm. um, uh, it would be good just to... I mean, he has to de- deserve it as well, though. Well, Did you watch the game, Macca? What was his form like last week? Who was that, sorry? Austin. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was okay. I mean, he, he probably hasn't been in absolutely tip-top form, uh, but he's been doing his job. Mm, but I guess okay. It's hard for a defender, isn't it? Because if your midfield isn't completely functional, the, you know, the defence can be made to look underperforming, I guess, as well. So, um, yeah. But like I said, I just don't. I don't want him being selected just because he's young. If he's if he's not up to it, there's no point. So um, uh, I guess that's the challenge that the coaches are in. Yeah. Well, like I said, just on Carlisle still being not quite right, I think that we're actually at a point where best available probably is Austin or Cleary to come yeah. in. Well, I think the advantage with Austin is too that what he's 195 centimeters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. So, so he's got that extra bit of height, doesn't he? Bit of more, bit more reach, and um, you know, 
I guess Tom Cleary will just be another one of those 192, 193 players that we seem to have a pleasure of. Yeah, so Austin's an exact height match for Jesse Hogan, which means he'll be in a good position to spoil you, you'd have to say. So, yeah. yeah. Well, look, uh, interestingly enough, uh, someone has brought up, uh, Space Coyote has brought up that um, Carlisle is indeed actually contracted for next year. Well, okay. (laughs) Well, that that kind of ties us into what we were talking about, I think, a couple of weeks ago, which is the potential delisting and rookieing. Um, That could work. Yeah. Mm. And that way way we're still maintaining the contract, but then Carlisle's on a rookie list so that if we do need to bring him in, we can. Look, so Cam O'Shea was pretty lucky his... last week. Is uh, Nathan Cracker mm. going to be the lucky player this week? Because he was pretty ordinary out there and hasn't really been in anywhere near uh, good enough form in the AFL team. But with Jonas going out of the side, uh, does he get to stay in? What was your rating of him, Macca? Uh, I think it was about zero, I think. <laughs> so you didn't go negative one? Didn't go negative one, no. <laughs> what do you think, Porsche? Uh not a lot. I don't think he did anything particularly special. Um, I don't know whether he stays in. I don't know if he's the sort of defender we want against them in some ways. Mm. Um, I'm not really worried about the Demons having a furious forward line because they don't. Like They're not really the side that locks it in the forward line and just keeps peppering shots all game long. Um, it's sort of like if it goes in and they get a goal, they're fine, and if it doesn't, it's probably going to come out pretty quickly usually. Um yeah. So, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I have to think about that. I'll save that one for the preview if that's all right. Yep, that's all right. JBC has asked the question, why can't we throw Crack forward if he's been struggling? If he's been struggling in his best position, he probably won't be much better forward. Mm. Really? Um, I mean, look, you you need to give him, I guess, Cam O'Shea showed, you need to give players sometimes the luxury of one more game. Um, Yeah, I think his game against Carlton wasn't horrendous. Um, cracker, but uh, against West Coast it was. But uh, he's a good enough player to probably give a get a bit of a rev up. And it's a shame that we seem to have a few players at the moment that need a rev up to uh, to then perform again uh, the next week. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, do we have the depth to replace him? That's the question. Well, someone's well, got to go out for Logan Austin, right? So. That would mm. be it. We'd be well, going Jonas. in unless well, Jonas would go out. Oh, true, Jonas. Yeah. Okay. And I can't see I can't see Cam O'Shea and Paul Stewart being removed from the defensive unit. They've both been very serviceable. Um, mm. Well, I've I've been quite happy with Paul Stewart's performance, to be honest. Stewart's been good. He's been consistent. He's uh, been okay. I've liked what yeah. he's done. He's he's done his job out there, which is. Yeah. Uh, You're not a fan, Porsche. Um, no, again, this week it really just comes down to the balance of the side. Um, like how many halfbacks do we need? Is that all we really want to rely on? Um, at the other end, like Tom McDonald, like this will be the first week in a little while. Oh, I don't know. Well, Tom McDonald, he's been in a really good, really good form this year as a, as a backman. And I think it'll get Dixon, obviously. I just kind of, I don't know. Like if we did drop Cracker, who would be the in? I guess that's the other question as well. Well, there's a couple of options. I mean, we've spoken about Tumpus, so that's um, that's certainly an option. I mean, uh, Jackson maybe gave a couple of hints there about Dougal Howard. Um, yeah. He also had a very good game on the weekend. 17 touches, five marks, kicked a, a great goal. Had a massive pack mark, which was great to see, and uh, also got 20 hit-outs out there. 
Um, and I guess there's Sammy Gray as well, who's uh, who was uh, a lot better this week with 32 touches, um, eight clearances, and his ball use was a lot better than it was uh, the week before against the Eagles. Yeah, because, I mean, when you're talking about Paul Stewart, like, I think that we would probably get more value out of someone that can play midfield, not defence. So it could be that, that for a match-up purpose that he gets dropped because that's the one area that um, Melbourne have got a clear advantage over us, which is obviously they've got Max Gorn, who last week struggled a bit. Maybe he's tapering off, but um, that perhaps he is going to win the rucks. You'd have to say it's going to happen. And then they've got a pretty good midfield these days. They've got um, Nathan Jones, Viney, a whole bunch of guys there that are doing all right. Pachaka's playing. He's just getting into form. He might have a breakout game pretty soon. Um I think we probably want to focus on being able to shut down the midfield. Did you guys, just back to the power game, were you guys a little bit disappointed um, the fact that with two things, mm. one that we, we didn't seem to drop a player back in front of Kennedy to sort of help Homch uh, with a bit of chop out or being at the game, was that just impossible to do? And two, we seem to have moved away from the, the tall playing game plan that we had and uh, we, we removed this uh, reluctance to, to just plug-and-play players like Dougal Howard, John Fulcher, to keep the structure of the game plan that we trained for in the pre-season. Again, is that a bit disappointing from your, both of your perspectives? I think it was a bit tricky um, to do that sort of chop-out uh, or furban up uh, this week because not only did they have Kennedy, but Lysett was in great form. Um, they were kicking to him a lot as well. Uh, Darling was obviously around the place, but um, O'Shea did a great job on him. And Lacroix, who's uh, often sort of had a big game against Port Adelaide as well. So they had a lot of options, and they were moving around a lot. They, they mm. gave uh, Kennedy a hell of a lot of space um, inside that that forward 50. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That, structurally, I thought uh, West Coast did an absolute bang-up job. Um in, in getting them the sort of forward structure to win them the game. Yeah, I look, mm. I'd have to agree with that. I think that the Kennedy matchup was tough, and I think that when I saw him, Homsch was getting just outpositioned. Um, West Coast know what they're doing when they go forwards, and obviously Kennedy knew better than Homsch, and that was really where the source of the, source of the advantage was, that they were <laughs> playing in their style, and they knew what was happening, and Homsch didn't adapt to that. So I think that's really what happened there. Mm. And um, um, part two of that question? I've forgotten part two. What was part two? That the coaches haven't seemed to have gone with the, their systemised game plan that they had and just plug and play other tall players to replace yeah. the loss of players that we've had and mm. seem to have uh, sort of altered the game plan. Are you guys a little bit disappointed with that? Uh, yeah. Yes. Look, we've spoken about that a lot on the podcast yeah. and, and certainly it is a little bit disappointing that they would have uh, trained for a certain structure and... As soon as Schultz got injured, that's sort of gone out the window a little bit. So, yeah, it's certainly uh, something that has been a bit disappointing. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Sorry we've had some uh, technical difficulties at the end here, but um, and we've lost Rick. Uh, so I hope he enjoys the Lion King in, uh, in New York. That should be pretty special. I was just talking him into maybe going and seeing The Daily Show recorded live. So um, maybe he'll do that instead. And uh, I'll certainly keep an eye out for his distinctive laugh uh, when I watch tomorrow night. <laughs> That's it. Well, Portia, thanks for coming on. Thanks. No worries. Look, I just wanted to add one thing because we have had a couple of live listeners we're promising we'd just quickly talk about. And I just wanted to talk about um, potentially getting uh, Day back from uh, Gold Coast to pair with Charlie Dixon, uh, Sam Day. Do you think there's any chance of that now that he's held off his negotiations on his contract? I think there's a big chance he'll come home. Um, Mm. I don't particularly rate him. but, uh, But yeah. 
will be interesting to see. I think he might be someone that the Crows might go for, I think. Do you think we're not in a bit of a beggars, uh, beggars can't be choosers situation as far as key position forwards at this point? Yeah, quite possibly. And look, he might do a, a shorty and, and become an absolute star. You never know. Hmm, all right. Yeah, all right. Well, mm. that was it, really. Sorry to lead everyone Done. on. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. We'll uh, speak again on Thursday. Fantastic. Go Ports. Go the pair. Go Ports. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh, oh.